Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 20 about the Eighth Commandment, Thou Shalt Not Steal. Who is my neighbor? Oh, that's the question. Here's the answer. But wishing to justify himself, he asked, and Jesus replied, 30, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. That's a dangerous trip to make. And he fell among robbers. And they stripped him, they beat him, and they went away, leaving him half dead. They stole all his stuff, beat him up, and left him there bleeding in the street, basically. And by chance, a priest, that's a real religious guy, working the temple, was going down on the road, on that road, and when he saw him, the man that got beat up, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, now these are the ones that served him directly in the temple. When he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, now you guys know the Jews hated the Samaritans, right? There was conflict between them. No, you could hear the people hearing the story. No, not a Samaritan, a Samaritan. (laughs) Who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt what? Compassion, which is one of the great expressions of love. And he came to him, and he bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, like gave him medicine. He put him on his own beast, like throwing him in his own car, bleeding or whatever, brought him to an inn and took care of him. All of this took time, effort, energy, self-sacrifice. On the next day, he took out two denarii and he gave them to the innkeeper and he said, take care of him and whatever more you spend when I will return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, the one who showed mercy toward him. And Jesus said to him, go and do the same. Now, I don't think that Jesus is teaching salvation by works here. I think he's simply saying, if you belong to me, if you were really keeping the essence of the Ten Commandments, which is to love God and love others as yourself, then you wouldn't have passed by this man. Is it possible that the man who's the lawyer, maybe the week before, maybe someone was hurt laying in the road, because Jesus knows every heart. Maybe this really happened. Maybe that week, someone was laying there bleeding and he was the man who would not do anything. Maybe that story hit closer to home than we really know. I don't know for sure, but it's a little bit of conjecture. Jesus tells the story. Maybe that man is the man. And when he realizes that a Samaritan, a person that he doesn't like, He's got a racial conflict with. He did the right thing. All of a sudden, man, that man is unmasked. And it must have been hard for him to admit. It was a, the one that showed him a compassion was a Samaritan. Yeah. You go and you do what he did. And you'll be more like God. You'll be more keeping the law. Remember I told you Torah in the Hebrew picture language means to hit the mark. If you want to hit the mark, if your question is sincere, 
You want to love God. You want to love others as yourself. And you're not just playing games with me, religious games, where you want to get into de- in a debate about the Ten Commandments or the essence of the law. If you weren't just trying to trap me, if you really have a heart to live out what you say you believe, and you're an expert in the context and the language and the original languages and how it should be applied, and Rabbi this says this, and Rabbi this says that, then why don't you live out the commandments? Why don't you give like your heavenly father gives? See, Jesus knew every heart. Now in Luke 19, I want to show you, just keep going to your right, another account about giving. And this is about a wee little man named Zacchaeus. By the way, his name means pure, and he was anything but pure. Now we're dealing with the same uh, region in the story. Jesus entered Jericho. He was passing through Luke 19.2. There was a man called by the name Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Now, he wasn't just a tax collector. He was the head guy over the whole region, apparently. Here's what happened in Israel. Rome was the dominant power of the day, and if you were a Jew, you could purchase a tax franchise from the Romans. The Romans had a quota that you had to meet, and as soon as you hit their quota, they didn't care. So you gave Rome what Rome wanted for, for that geographic region. And Rome might say something like this. We don't, I don't care what else you do. I don't care how you squeeze the people for money. So tax collectors were famous for skimming off the top. They would take what Rome wanted, pay Rome, and then they'd squeeze whatever they could get out of the people. Tax, tax, more tax. Gas tax, cigarettes tax, this tax, that tax. You, you name it, it gets taxed. He's the tax man. Oh, sorry. Anyway, that's an old song. And tax, tax, tax. And all of a sudden, Zacchaeus, this wee little guy, is living on the top of the hill. And everybody who's walking by is going, you know how he got that house, don't you? And they say even these guys that were had the tax businesses, and especially this guy, they had men that would go collect from you if you didn't pay up. And if you got a knock at the door and there were three guys in dark suits with Italian last names, (laughs) they didn't come to play uh, a board game with you. They came to collect. And so people hated this man. They despised him. He, they, people might walk by his house and say, that guy takes food off my table every single day. I hate him. And they might say, with a hatred that's from heaven. Certainly that's a guy that heaven hates. Maybe religious leaders said the same. We won't even take their alms in the temple because they're dirty, filthy. His name means pure, but he's anything but that. And so Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was. He was unable because of the crowd, for he was small in stature. He's a short little guy. And so he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree. Running for a man in that culture was very unusual. wasn't seen as dignified. He found a tree that's even worse to climb up in a tree. I don't even think about climbing up trees anymore, but some of you might. Anyway, he gets up in this tree in order to see Jesus, for he was about to pass through that way. Now, why do you think Zacchaeus was curious about Jesus? This guy's as wealthy as wealthy can be. He's powerful. Why would he care about some Galilean carpenter who apparently is doing miracles and that kind of thing? Because Zacchaeus' heart was bare. He was poor right here. 
where it really matters. And it's possible that Zacchaeus had a wife and kids. And can you imagine how many times his wife and kids prayed for him? Oh, they had all the money in the world. But imagine how hated they were in that city. How maybe they were lonely. Well, Jesus is going to pass by that place. Zacchaeus has positioned himself to get a look. And Jesus came to the place and looked up and said to Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. For today I must stay at your house. And he hurried and came down and received him gladly. I don't know the last time that Zacchaeus smiled or laughed. Maybe they were both laughing. But when they saw it, the crowd, they began to what? Grumble, 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 grumble. How could he be going to the house? And Zacchaeus, that short little guy who rips off everybody. I thought he was coming to lunch at my house. I was going to make falafels. Fried falafels, little avocado on the side. What's going on around here? Maybe the religious leaders of the town were like, he's supposed to come to my house. What's he going to that guy? Not that guy, not Zacchaeus. And off Jesus and Zacchaeus. (laughs) No! Grumble, 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 grumble. And they said, he's gone to be the guest of a man Who's a sinner? <laughs> yeah. Anyone that Jesus hung out with, you could be saying that, right? Because we've all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. So notice what happens. No record of a conversation. No time spent together recorded. Zacchaeus stopped. I don't know if this is when they were just beginning to walk to his house It's almost as if the Lord looked into his soul and Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, and he certainly had, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because he, Zacchaeus too, is a son of Abraham. I don't think just by descent, but by faith. Abraham believed the Lord, and he was changed, and he followed God. And then this declaration, the theme verse of the Gospel of Luke, for the Son of Man, Messiah Jesus, has come to what? To seek and to save that which was lost. That is the last man If I were making Jesus a list and I did it in my humanity, Zacchaeus would be the last man I would ever ask Jesus to go and visit and spend time with. But Jesus didn't come to seek and save righteous people. I didn't come to seek and save the righteous, but sinners, right? He he said, it's the sick that need a doctor, not people who are well. Do you imagine that maybe, because this is the way our Lord is, that a heart cry was going up from Zacchaeus' house. Just like the woman at the well, remember, married and divorced five different times, and Jesus had to go through Samaria because he had a divine appointment with a woman who had been rejected her whole life. He had a divine appointment with a man that was a thief and a robber, but a man that apparently, at least his heart was open to Jesus, we can see that by his actions, but a God who came to seek and save lost people like you and me. That's the only reason I'm standing here right now. Because God 
seeks and saves lost people. And we're to do the same as the church. It's not just all about us as a Christian community. We're supposed to go out and say, Lord, would you take my feet to someone who his heart has been crying out? Maybe other people won't talk to this person, but how about if I talk to them? How about if I built a bridge just by being kind? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. If you listen to Walk in Truth on a regular basis, we could use your help by becoming a monthly financial partner. Our mission on Walk in Truth is to help people like you become better equipped with God's Word to address today's issues, trends, and culture. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with other monthly expenses. Our fiscal year ends March 31st, and thanks to many listeners like you, we're getting closer to our goal of having 50% of our budget supported. What we really need is more monthly partners so that when we reach that goal, the program will be sustained in the months and maybe even years to come by at least that much. Our ultimate goal is to eventually become 100% listener supported and then have the ability to broadcast on more radio stations to reach more people like you. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner, giving $10 to $20 a month. You can give online today at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. It's not just all about us as a Christian community. We're supposed to go out and say, Lord, would you take my feet to someone who... His heart has been crying out. Maybe other people won't talk to this person, but how about if I talk to them? How about if I built a bridge just by being kind? If I just gave an extra five minutes of my week this week, instead of passing by to the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing that I got to do. Because once that time is gone, and we all know this too well, it's gone. So we just want to be sensitive to the Spirit. One final text. Jesus is walking down Luke 23, the Via Della Rosa, the way of sorrows, to the cross. And we find out from Matthew's gospel that there are two other uh, criminals walking with him. And they're both, you could check out Matthew to get confirmation of this. They're both robbers. They're both guilty of the crime of stealing and capitally condemned. So they're going to die on crosses right next to Jesus on that day. And so he goes down the way of sorrows and Everybody's weeping and crying, and these two other men are there, two criminals. They're described as criminals in the text leading up to this in verse 32, 23, Luke 23, 32. Two others also were criminals, were being led away to be put to death with him. And I think you all know the story, but if you skip down to 39, one of the criminals, one of the robbers, one of the thieves who were hanged there on a cross next to Jesus, He was hurling abuse at Jesus, and he said, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other answered, rebuking him. He came to his senses, and he said, Do you not even fear God? Since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. He's innocent. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. A thief nailed to a cross, he's dead. He's dead. In a matter of hours, he's dead. 
He can't get down off the cross and go to a baptismal. He can't get down off the cross and go and do 35 good things to outweigh his bad things. He's got nothing. He's about to go into eternity. But he's in a very fortunate position. Because if you had to die on a cross, wouldn't it be nice to know that you were dying right next to the one who came to die for you? The one who came to take your punishment, the one who fulfilled the law perfectly. He always gave, he gave, he never took. Israel said they wanted a king in 1 Samuel, and Samuel was upset, and, he, and the scripture unfolds, the king will take, the king will take, the king will take, and he will take some more, and he will take some more. That's what kings, human kings do, but not this king. This king came to give. He's the king of a different kind of kingdom, amen? He won't take, he's come to give. Now, he wants all of you. But he's going to give you salvation. He's going to give you eternal life. The only reason you have breath in your lungs is because he gives. Because he wove you together in your mama's womb. Because he gave you eyes. He gave you a nose. He gave you a circulatory system. He gave you a beating heart. He gave you the time and the space in which you are to live and live out your life for his glory. Amen? This is the kind of king that won't take. He gives and he gives and he gives some more. And this thief said to this savior, Would you forget my sin and remember me when you come into your kingdom? No perfect sinner's prayer. Not all the elements of a sinner's prayer. Simply this, Lord, would you forget what I've done? And it's quite obvious that I'm guilty. And would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, today, you will be with me in paradise. What did the thief do to earn paradise with the Messiah? Nothing. His sin finally got him to the consequences of a personal cross. But there was the Messiah. Treated on the cross as though he had committed their sins and our sins collectively. Now, don't look at anybody you know, too long, but if you looked around the room, there's a lot of sin in this room. And it's up here too. And if the Lord kept a record of the times that I've just broken the eighth commandment, we won't even talk about the other ones. I'm dust. But I had a moment in my life where I said, Lord, would you forget my sin? And there's too many to count. And remember me when you come into your kingdom. And that day that I prayed that prayer along with my beautiful bride, I came into the kingdom of God. It's changed everything in my life. Amen. And I know that resonates with all of you right now. Our God is good, and he's come to seek and to save the lost. But Lord, you said that in the last days, lawlessness will increase, and most people's love will grow cold. Lord, don't let that happen to us. Don't let our love grow cold. The Antichrist is called the man of lawlessness. We live in an age of lawlessness, but we're not We're not so far that you can't redeem us. But Lord, I I would pray that you would forgive us for our sins. Here we are, Americans. We've been so blessed in so many ways. And Lord, we all could confess that we've squandered it at times. We've taken it for granted. We've maybe not shared the way that we should. Or maybe we've just given it away on things that don't matter. Some in here have gambling issues. They've gambled money away. And repentance is needed.
But it's not just there, Lord. It's so many areas where we could talk about our work and our giving to the kingdom of God and what our priorities really look like. And that's why we say, Lord, if you kept a record of the number of times we failed, we could never stand. But you love us so much, you look past all of that. In fact, you nailed it to your cross so that thieves and murderers and liars and adulterers and idolaters could inherit the kingdom of God. But there is a catch, and that is that you require repentance. You require a moment where we admit we have fallen short, and we run to the Savior. I would ask all of you right now, if you have not met Jesus, if you didn't realize how much you need him, this would be a moment where you say, Lord, would you forgive me of my sin? And you don't have to say this out loud, but you can begin to put it before him in your heart and just do a little business with him. He already knows. But this part I would have you say out loud. Would you repeat after me if this is you and you're, you want to ask Jesus into your life for the first time, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Thank you that you died on that terrible cross for me. Thank you that you rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and I turn to you for salvation. Make me a new creation in Christ. Cleanse me of my sin, Lord, and teach me your ways. I want you to be my Lord, my God, and my King. And I'm asking that you would do that work in my life as I surrender to you in Jesus' name. You've been listening to The Eighth Commandment, Thou Shalt Not Steal, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 20. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on your podcast app like Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have the links on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a word before we go. Well, how do we balance this Eighth Commandment with giving? And maybe you would be saying, you know what, I don't think I give what I should or um, is, am I supposed to be tithing? You know, we did a whole message in Malachi on the tithe and talked about how that gets abused and taken out of context and people get, you know, uh, thrown under the Malachi curse when it, it doesn't apply to a New Testament Christian. But what should you be doing? Maybe you'd say, I- I'm not a cheerful giver. I'm a griping giver. <laughs> what do I do now? Well, when we give our first fruits to the kingdom of God, um, we are doing something that is honorable. You may not always feel everything that you do. You do it out of obedience, but hopefully the cheerfulness will follow because obviously I want to be what God loves. If he loves a cheerful giver, that's how I want to give. I want to do a lot more things cheerfully in my life. How about you? Amen. <laughs> this is Walking Truth. Pastor Michael Lance. Hey, so glad you're listening. Hey, if you've never met Jesus Christ, you know, he came to save thieves. He came to save those who lust, those who hate, those who have broken the commandments, those who have taken his name in vain. Jesus came to save all of us. If we will only place our trust in him, he died for the sins of the world. Have you made him your Lord and Savior? Have you asked him to be gracious to you? repented of your sin and said, Lord Jesus, I believe in who you are. I believe that you're the king of the kingdom of God. I believe you died on the cross, shed your blood, rose from the dead, 
to save me. And I, I'm asking you to be just that, my Savior, my Lord, my King. I repent. Pray it if it's you right now. I turn. Maybe you're a prodigal. I turn back to you, Lord. Maybe you found yourself like the prodigal. You took your inheritance early. You kind of stole. Maybe you stole someone's stuff or innocence. Maybe you're brokenhearted that you found yourself in the pig pen like the prodigal. And you're, and you're rehearsing a speech, wondering if your father would receive you back. He will. All he wants is contrition. He wants you to come back home. If we can help you in any way with that, call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We have pastors here Tuesday through Friday. We'd love to pray with you, talk with you more about the gospel praying that you have received Christ, that you're plugged into a church, you're reading your Bible, praying 844-48-TRUTH, and we'll see you, Lord willing, right here tomorrow. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. If this is a program you regularly listen to, we could use your help. Your financial partnership would help us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with other monthly expenses. And hopefully, Walk in Truth helps people like you dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Our fiscal year ends March 31st, and thanks to many listeners like you, we're getting closer to our goal of having 50% of our budget supported. What we really need is more monthly partners so that when we reach that goal, the program will be sustained in the months and maybe even years to come by at least that much. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $10 a month. You can give online at walkintruth.com or you can call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 20 about the ninth commandment, Thou shalt not bear false witness. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.